Good morning, this is Christine DiGiacomo, and today I've entitled The Morning Briefing, The Faithful Extend Hope. This last Friday, I took a friend visiting from the East Coast up to Long Beach with me. She's been reading and following my stories of praying and interacting with the street people who have become my friends. She had to make this part of her business trip to SoCal. She recorded her thoughts about the day so beautifully, I thought you might like to hear from another just how they viewed the day, though I could not record everything because she had written so much. Now how cool is that? Erin writes, We parked at the Friends Church and were greeted by several friends glad to see us. Christine opened up the prayer meeting by asking all who felt led to pray what they are thankful for. The group was attentive and engaged without hesitation. For the new place I found to stay last night, one man shouted from the corner of the room. Victor shared, for God giving me enough hope to get out of bed this morning. Another man said, I'm thankful for being able to see my 13-year-old daughter for the first time this weekend. I couldn't help but notice Mohawk at the table next to me, with all his belongings at his side, a large laundry sack, a tackle box, and long skateboard. I watched in awe as he bowed his head and lifted his hands, palms up, toward the Lord as we prayed. It was a moving sight. After a while, about a hundred or so trickled in, and Christine continued to engage the group in prayer. She asked the group what they needed from God that day. One man shouted, A place to stay! How many people need a home in this room? Christine asked. Hands went up all over that place. Even more hands went up when she asked who needed physical healing. Shirley said the pain in her previously broken thumb had returned. Reggie prayed for those friends who were in prison, that they would experience freedom in Christ within those prison walls and for the rest of us to be free of the bondage we create outside of those four walls. It was a beautiful prayer. They carried one another's burdens. Curtis prayed. Popeye prayed. Edward prayed. Victor prayed. All so beautiful, such spirit-led prayers. I found it so heartwarming, their openness to share and pray for one another, their transparency about the struggles they faced. It was refreshing to witness a community of real authenticity. There was no fear in the basement that day, just a bunch of broken, tender-hearted people and an old rugged cross. Christine spoke on simple faith and what it means to be faithful in our lives. You could hear the clanking of metal chairs being set up as more and more filtered in to hear the Word of God. She suggested that perhaps we could all start living out our faith by serving one another. It was amazing to see the servitude in the room, men taking more chairs off the racks and setting them up for incomers a beautiful witness of serving one another. We walked outside when our time was finished. There stood the Duke of Earl. He took my breath away. He was exactly as she had described. Tall, glassy-eyed, big, worn-out hands. He leaned up against Christine's car, and the first thing he said to me was, You have that glow, like Christine. He leaned over to give Christine a few suggestions for the group, to challenge the people more, to live their faith outside of the church building. He said, they talk and pray so good in there, but then they come outside and start cussing again and living like animals. He went on about three levels of living, those who live like animals, those who have evolved, and those who live in the supernatural. I took the opportunity to ask, so where are you living, Duke? He said, the supernatural, but there's very few who truly live there. Then he said, most live like animals. I know, because I sleep and eat with them every day. He went on to describe why living in the supernatural can be so fearful. It requires responsibility, he said. Profound words, I must say. 
I asked the Duke, if he knows he could be living in the supernatural, why doesn't he speak these truths and challenge his friends? His glossy eyes lit up and his forehead wrinkled. Oh no, don't say that. God has already been telling me the same thing. I, I shared that there's so much power coming from an insider. I asked, what if these people really began to choose to live out of their true identities? Duke put his hand on his chin. Go on, he said. Well, do you think if they accepted Christ as their savior and chose to embrace their true identity, their behavior would change over time? Duke scratched his head. Like, would they evolve and live in the supernatural? Yes, exactly. It would only be natural since God gave them a new heart. I told him, Ephesians 1 tells us that we are chosen, holy, blameless, righteous, enlightened sons and daughters of the king. So why aren't we living like it? Because we are homeless, jobless, sick, lost our loved ones? No, because we have chosen not to. Our circumstances don't have to define us. This society, society we live in, those we hold dear don't hold the power to tell us who we are. But the Holy Spirit within us does. We are empowered to live fully out of he, who he says we are every day. I could see the wheels in Duke's head turning because he knows he's been called. Called to forgive, called to surrender his past, called to live beyond himself. But aren't we all called on mission for God, a higher purpose? But we must accept the call. Aaron had more to say, and I've actually recorded them in the written um, account, which is on pastorwoman.com um, morning briefings, the title being The Faithful Extend Hope. But she concluded by saying this, as I reflect on this time in Long Beach, I am overwhelmed by God's great love for us. I thank Him for the opportunity to see the world from His lenses, to reach out to those who need a touch from Him, to speak a word of truth to a hurting sister, and to breathe life into a man who lost all hope. After all, the Duke reminded us it was God in Genesis who breathed life into our nostrils. Jesus says he'll pe His people will do even greater things than He did. Mostly, I'm thankful that our circumstances don't define us. He qualifies the called and uses broken vessels who are poured out before him. Well, there you have it. Another take besides my own of loving and ministering to the street people of Long Beach. Thank you, Aaron, for being so willing to go and love. You were the perfect illustration that day of what I had been teaching. The faithful are to serve. The faithful are to give others hope. Friends, there are people near you who need hope, people whose paths you will cross today. Find a way to extend love to them, won't you?